Hello, my friends. Welcome to another On The Go podcast. I am your host, Mr. Colby K. Thank you so much for tuning in again. This week's guest is Mr. Ryan Mickler. Ryan is the founder of an organization by the name of Order of Man. Order of Man is a great group of men that are bound together to get better leadership skills, better skills on health and wellness and spirituality, so they can go back and be better men, father, husbands, leaders in their communities. He's doing some amazing things. He's also a best-selling author of the book Sovereignty and uh, has probably one of the most illustrious beards, magical, mystical beards I've ever seen in my life. It's almost like something out of a movie or Game of Thrones. He's a great friend. I've had the opportunity to, to work with Ryan here over the last few years. We run in the same kind of social circles. He was a speaker and facilitator at last year's Meltdown in the Desert, and it's an honor to have this quick conversation with him today. Uh, don't want to give too much away. We talk about a ton in this action-packed interview. So without further ado, sit back, relax, enjoy this week's episode with Mr. Ryan Mickler. There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. 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 Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape, dirty ape, dirty ape, dirty ape. The healthy primate show. You are listening to the Healthy Primate Podcast Series. Series. Theories, theories. What's up, dude? <laughs> dude, I, you know, I'm just a little disappointed I didn't get the, the memo about military gear. I've got some old stuff that I could have worn today, man. I, uh, what I, anytime I know that it's whoever I'm talking to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be intense. I got to prepare. That's right. <laughs> That's for, right. This, for this one, <laughs> listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know. As my friend Rib says, he's uh, a Navy SEAL we met, Steve and I met on our motorcycle ride from Dallas. Mm-hmm. And um, a funny story is at the, in the mornings, we were riding from Dallas to Vegas, or I stopped in Phoenix, but that's 500 miles a day on a motorcycle is a lot. Yeah. And we were in some pretty acclimate weather. I have issues with my hands based on some, some stuff. So I was always about 15 minutes early with all my stuff by the door because to get on the bike and get all my stuff on, it takes me an extra second. A little bit more of a challenge, yeah. It's more of a challenge, and I don't want to be left behind. And I'd always have it'd be me, me and this guy, Michael Riviera, would be at the door. And I'd always be ready. And I'm like, come on, man, where is everybody? And he said a quote to me, he goes, Whenever you he, if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. There you go. I, I was like, like it. oh, I love it. I'm ready. So today you are ready. See, dude, I'm absolutely ready. Ladies and gentlemen, for today's guest, a good friend, uh, longtime compatriot in the battle for good, Mr. Ryan Mickler of Order of Man. Good morning, brother. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm I'm honored. I'm honored. I I, I uh, it's just good, man. Every time we have a conversation, we have some good. We have a uh, have some good uh, conversation for sure, dude. Let me let me phrase it this way: um, for people that don't know who you are, we run in some of the same social circles. But for sure. people that don't know who you are, you're a father. You're a best-selling author. You're a, a, podco- a pad- podcast host. You're a a champion of men's movements. You're a veteran. You you're a, a social media influencer. You're doing a lot of things. If I were not to introduce you and I pulled that back, how do you introduce yourself and say, what it is you do? Uh, that, that's a good question. You Usually I don't really get into it all. <laughs> Actually what I do, um, I, I'll get to that answer because I know what you're looking for there. But at the end of the day, like I, I just, I, I'm a dad, I'm a husband and I want to be a good man. That's it. And I want to help other guys be good men too. 
So people will ask me a lot of times, like, well, what is it that you do? I help men become better men, better leaders, better communicators, better husbands, better fathers, better business owners, community leaders, you name it. If, if you're a man and you want to improve in some capacity in your life, it's my ambition to help you do that. And, and, I, and I'm not the expert. I'm not the guru. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not, I've never positioned myself as someone who says, you know, come follow me. I know everything and I know the way. Uh, I've, I've really positioned myself as a guy who wants to improve himself, right? And I'm on this journey. And if you want to join me on this journey and stand shoulder to shoulder, let's do it together. And I think that's the reason that we've had so much, uh, so much momentum and so much growth within the order of man and what we're doing is because it's a brotherhood. It's a fraternity. It's an organization of men who are working together shoulder to shoulder, like I said, against, you know, a common enemy or towards a common objective. And that is becoming a better man. Well, let me ask you this, because that's a great lead in right into where we're going. Let's talk about men. Let's talk about fatherhood. What, let's talk about the role your dad played in what you're doing. Yeah. Is your dad active? Is he around? Uh, that relationship like coming up? No, you know, my dad was out of the picture by the time I was three years old. Uh, we, we stayed somewhat close. I would go in the summer and visit him and do the thing. And, and I remember doing Legos with him and that was always a blast. And we'd go fishing and, you know, there was some, there was glimpses like that, but frankly, he just wasn't around. Uh, we were, we were separated by, by geography and then just, just emotionally as well. So that, that was kind of a challenging thing for me. I had a couple stepdads coming into my life and, and that was a challenge. One was an alcoholic, one was verbally and emotionally abusive. So I never really had this great example of what it meant to be a man, especially how he shows up for his kids and especially how he shows up for, for his wife, my mother. So it, it, it was a challenge. Um, and, and that, that, challenge manifested itself a lot of, a lot of ways when I was early in my marriage. Uh, my wife and I went through a separation uh, that was pretty tough and pretty challenging, but that completely altered my perspective and reality, not just within the marriage, but life in general and how I approached my, my job as a man. I had a six-month-old son at the time, so she left. She took my son with her. It, it was a challenging time. Uh, but long story short, you know, I've, I've worked through a lot of that, and I figured a lot of that out, and we can talk more about that. But We've got four kids. I'll be married this year is 14 years. So, you know, the business is growing. Uh, Things are good. And it's because of the principles that I've learned and applied. Unfortunately, I just didn't learn them early. I I learned them later in life and had to learn a lot of those things the hard way. You know what? I think you said a couple of things that are really, let's unpack them, Ryan. You said, we talk about the dad, the fatherhood. I had a very, I, I had a similar, but very different um, set of circumstances. My father, my mother and father separated. I went with my dad. I bounced around a ton and my dad just worked so damn much that mm. it was hard. Yeah. And I was, I was a deviant, man. I was just out there skateboarding and doing crazy stuff and left to my own device. But I think you and I had a very, had a very similar, this is actually how we, you and I met was we had a very similar path cross where everything, everything got ripped out from underneath us. And part of that was tied to relationships with our children and with our spouse, and sure. which makes us reflect on ourselves if we're paying attention. Yeah. The first video I saw of yours, is it three years now, two years? The one yeah, where, probably about three years ago. Yeah. Where you, you, you talked in, uh, you talked in depth about what that looked like, right? What that relationship was. And I've got to say, dude, from, um, I'll try to find it and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but it was really around a time and a place where when you see strong men acknowledge, Hey, I made a mistake. You don't see that a lot, let alone in a public setting. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've always honored about you is that of that ability to be able to share the truth and, and honor those, those emotional commitments to others. 
Uh, you know, I appreciate it. And, and it's, it's a challenge. Uh, obviously, anytime you put yourself out there and you expose yourself to the things that you did wrong, you know, it's really easy to blame her and everybody else and my boss and the economy and this and that. It's easy to do that stuff. But the reality is very, very few circumstances where that's actually true. And we do it to, to, to keep our ego intact. But yeah, it is a challenge. Uh, but, but I feel like it's important. Because there's a lot of men out there wandering around without the answer, without the solution, without the, the mindset for growth in their lives. And if, if I have a story, I, I feel obligated to share that regardless of how difficult it is. If I have something that I've learned and experienced personally, and I can share that with one or 10 or 100,000 or a million men, and it will improve their life, then yeah, I've got a moral obligation to share that story. That's, that's why we're here to, to, to help each other along on this, on this journey that we call life. When did you find that social media was that platform to share that voice? Uh, I had another podcast uh, that I was doing with my financial planning practice, and I did about 20 episodes, and I really enjoyed the medium of podcasting, but I wanted to have a completely different conversation. So in March of 2015, yeah, March of 2015, I switched gears with the podcast, and that's when I launched Order of Men, yep. and that's when I ran into you, guys like Sean Whalen, Andy Frasilla, a lot of the guys you said we run in similar circles, that these guys were... I mean, doing it using social media and, and I dabbled at first. I did the podcast and I had Facebook pages and things like that. And then I learned to, I can't remember where I listened to it. I was listening to a podcast and the guy came on. He's like, Hey, Facebook groups is where it's at. And so I did a little research. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's try it. And when I really got involved with Facebook groups, that opened up a world of opportunity, not with just Facebook, but social media in general. And I really learned how powerful these mediums of Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook and I mean, YouTube, you name it. Uh, even podcasting is, is social to a degree. Uh, how powerful these things can actually be to connect people who would normally never have connected in a lifetime. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. So uh, some of my closest friends to date now have come from my relationships on social. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people say, oh, it's destroying relationships. And it's, it's not. It's, it's just... It's just a way to, cause I go to conferences like Meltdown and some of these others, your event's going to be awesome. And, and, and I see, you know, hundreds and hundreds and not thousands of people that I've friended or I've commented on their Facebook stuff. And then you go to an event like yours and you're like, oh, now I have a face with a name and, and we can actually have a, like a real in-depth conversation based on the only digital version I know of you. Right. Well, what I've noticed is in those scenarios, the rapport part goes away and we can get right into the meat. Like out of there doesn't exactly. have to be this awkward social dance of who you are and me trying exactly. to figure, out, figure you out because I've seen, I've been watching what you do for a few years. Yeah. That, well, let's um, let me rewind and unpack a little bit of this. You have a dad, he's there. Circumstances change. Mom gets remarried a few times, puts you in this unique scenario and vision point of what it means to be a father and a man. Sure. You get married, you come into it with your perspective a fallout happens, everything kind of stops and resets. And you say, man, I got to start this. This has got to be where I start to show up. Not yeah. that you weren't showing up before, but you were going to take No, it's true. I wasn't. Right? I, just being real, that's what it was. It, I, I went through the same thing, right? And as you go through, I'm going to show up now, I think a very interesting thing happens. Either men do or men don't, right? And I don't know why that is. I think it's the moral compass. Like I got full custody of our oldest daughter when she was one. Mm -hmm. She was still in diapers where... People say, well, how did you do it? I just didn't see another way to do it. It wasn't, I didn't have an option. It's What's like the alternative, what right? Do, right? Right. But for me, it was being a husband was always the tough part. I can be a dad. Like I'm good at that. It's like, how do I commit myself and like be like what I need to be in a family structure and learning those things. You learn these things. You have this, this moment. Order of Man is formed. It's now a group online in total reach. 
I would, you're over 30,000 in the group, but when you look at the podcast downloads and all these things, how, how big is the order of man reach? And then tell people here, what is order of man? Yeah. So we've got, we've got actually 43,000 people in the group now. I Ooh. think we're just about to crack 44,000. Nice. Uh, we get 300 plus thousand downloads on the podcast each month. You know, we've got another 30 to 40,000 people on two different platforms on Instagram, uh, another roughly eight, 9,000 on Twitter. So, you know, if, if you had to combine it all, I mean, probably half a million or so, maybe more people are tuning in each and every week to what we're doing. Love which it. is which is really really cool. Like I would have never thought. I mean, three years ago, that's a that's a short period of time. I I would have never thought that that life would be what it is today. It's absolutely incredible. Not only from the perspective of me and my family and how things are working for us, but how I'm able to impact other people. And I get messages every day from guys who are like, "Dude, I've been listening to the podcast for two years," or that video you just put out. I went through that exact same situation, and you gave me a few pointers that I hadn't really considered or thought about. It's, it's pretty cool. And so to answer the second part of that question with what is order of man, it, it is a community. It's a brotherhood. Uh, we're working together to figure this stuff out. And so if you're a man and you're thinking, man, I've got relationship issues or, you know, I, I need to lose 30 pounds or I, I feel this just this like looming and general sense of dissatisfaction in my life. And I can't quite pinpoint why I'm miserable or unhappy or unsatisfied or unfulfilled with my work these are all things that men are experiencing. And this is, this is the solution, genuinely the solution. And I'm not saying I'm the solution. I'm saying this is the solution. Uh, my, my goal is to create the largest brotherhood of men to help lift each other up and push each other along and give each other the kick in the ass that we need sometimes as men. So what I'm hearing is you feel strongly there's maybe a lack of male presence today in the market. Uh, def- yeah, definitely. I mean, let, let the, the word market's interesting. Uh, I think. Let me let me let me not let me not let me not use that because I think I have to define that. Let's say, do you feel maybe there's a, a lack of male presence in families, business, fatherhood, and the general sense as to how we see and kind of perceive what's going on around us? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you you look at the the amount of divorces just just as one metric, and it's 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 significantly higher than than it was, you know. And you, and and there that there's skewed data on that. I mean, there's two different sides of that. But I think the reality is, is that even if a man is present in the home, he's not really all that like emotionally present and there. Uh, You see children being born out of wedlock. You see divorces and you see so much going on where men, frankly, aren't in the picture. And so what's happening is a lot of our younger generations are growing up without a masculine presence in their lives. And then you have this thing from society standpoint, again, this is just generally speaking where it's, I don't want to say it's necessarily an assault, although I have seen some stuff where I I would consider it an assault or an attack. But I I think generally speaking, it's probably just more of a dismissal. Like, oh, masculinity is outdated. It's antiquated. It's not needed in modern times. And so let's go ahead and emasculate these men and turn all these men into women. Yeah. And, and it's just a really interesting thing. But the reason that we, we are in this situation is because life is pretty good. It's just generally across the world, life is pretty good. Uh, from, from a health perspective, we're healthier than, than we've ever been. We're, we're, we're more wealthy than we've ever been. I was looking at the GDP per individual for the last whatever, like 2,000 years. And it's been the same up until like the mid-1800s. And it just exploded and so the amount of income, the amount of wealth, the amount of uh, the, our quality of life, our health and living conditions, our relatively low uh, rates of poverty, life is good. And yep. so it's easy to complain about these things saying, oh, it's not needed in modern times. What's really fascinating, though, is when shit goes bad, 
that's where we remember where masculinity comes in because that's what we're, we're designed to do. We're bigger, we're faster, we're stronger. Again, I'm speaking in generalities and that's all for a reason. There's different hormones and chemicals running through our bodies as men and women for a reason. And so you see the example I use is uh, these hurricanes that we had last year. Um, nobody complained about toxic masculinity when thousands and thousands of men were driving into Texas with their trucks and their boats and rescuing people and doing what men do. Nobody was complaining about toxic masculinity down in California when they had those big fires and, and men and women too were going down there and doing what they needed to do to rescue people and save homes and, and, and fight that fire. It's when things go bad that people recognize how much masculinity is needed. And what happens in, in general is society is not cultivating that masculinity when times are good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little worried about when times are bad because we yeah. just don't know how to behave like men. I mean, this is big. I think we as a species, just humans are getting, I mean, we get, uh, we get lazy in a lot of senses. I mean, just to change a car tire and basic, like a carburetor, like yeah. basic things that we should probably know how to do cook iron. I mean, those are things my dad taught me how to do. Yeah. It's just interesting to see, you know, because we get so dependent on so many different things, longer conversation than, uh, than our time today, but it's well, definitely there's laziness, but there's also complacency, right? Yes. Like, yep. When I was in Iraq, we had this sign that, that read as we left the gate, it said complacency kills true literally in this situation, literally will kill you in much yep. of society. Complacency won't the complacency, for example, with your health may not kill you immediately, but you pack on a few pounds here and there. And 30 years from now, you'll look back and think, man, what the hell did I do with my life? That's right. Just because you were complacent and you didn't need the six pack abs in order to type away at the keyboard, which was your job. So that complacency yeah. is really a hindrance when, when times get challenging. Define sovereignty for me. What does that mean? <clears throat> sovereignty is, is ownership, right? I mean, a lot of people look at it from a religious concept or, or a secular concept and they look at it in society and think, oh, we're a sovereign state or a sovereign nation or a sovereign religion. I, yeah, I mean that certainly, um, but I, I think it's more of individual sovereignty, which means that you and I individually have ownership over our own life. And that's something that we have to voluntarily give away. You know, there, there's yeah. a great book <clears throat> called, <clears throat> excuse me, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He was a, a psychologist in a concentration camp. And, you know, you read that book and you look at someone who's in the most horrific circumstance that any human has ever known. Yep. And yet he never gave up control of his sovereignty, which is that he makes his own choices. He decides how he's going to think and behave and act, even though he's in a horrific situation. And what's interesting is you see men and women across the planet give away their sovereignty every time they blame their boss or their colleague or their coworkers, or the economy, why they're underperforming. So the sovereignty is about reclaiming the power that comes from making your own choices yeah. and taking ownership of your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions, and also the consequences that come from those things. Absolutely. Leads to the title of your latest best-selling book. By the way, one of my favorite covers to date. Like it's just well, awesome. so well designed. <clears throat> yeah, I had a good, I had a good, des I, I can't take credit for that, man. I had a great designer who came in and just killed it with that cover. Such a beautiful cover. So the process of writing a book, um, I'll have you back on and we'll go into the creative things because I think sure. there's a lot to be said around um, writing your book yeah. into podcasting, creating a group. There's a lot of, ton, there's a ton of stuff that you do that adds a, a, just a tremendous amount of value. If you take a step back, the beard and the manhood is at the front, the mind and the brain and the, and the soul behind it has so much complexity to it, dude. It's like, I always love to see 
how you create your groups, why you create your groups, how, com- how, how often are you in there? What's the website look like? What are the podcasting? Like there's a lot of things that people can learn from a pure strategy perspective if they're paying attention. I, I hope. Mean, yeah, I hope so. There is there. I mean, you know, Tony Robbins ha- has one of my favorite quotes, which is success leaves clues. Mm. And it's like, there's a lot of things I'm always looking and paying attention to what's happening, um, especially in our space and who's doing what not to keep up, but you're always you're like, we're always pushing each other to do something a little bit more, right? From from how we're showing up on social to the platforms that we're on, so to the headgear that we wear, to the to the helmet, which you one upped me today for sure. You like ten up me today, man. I don't know. You got the hat. It's my favorite hat is the one you're wearing, and I wore it on our on so many motorcycle rides, dude. I got to buy another one. <laughs> it's uh, I love when people say stuff about the flat brim. I just I got one word for you. I'm trying to think of a good one that's not a good word. Like, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, from a- I love it when like, that's what people say. Flat brim? I wear a yeah. flat brim. Like, shut yeah. up. <laughs> no, look, from a marketing standpoint, like we're talking about marketing here for a second. From a marketing standpoint, like this has sold me more flat brims and curved brims than ever. Because I've got in our group, 44,000 guys arguing about what's better, flat brim or curved yes, brim. I so it. I come out with a flat, flat brim and I like promote it as a flat brim. And the curved brim guys are like, oh, and the flat brim guys are like, oh, I'm buying that. And then I come out with a curved brim and the flat brimmers are like, oh, that sucks. And the curved brimmers are like, yeah, I'll show you. So like from a marketing perspective, Brilliant. it's genius, dude. And, and I, I wish I could say I deliberately thought about that, but I, I learned that after the fact. That is so funny. <laughs> Let me ask you this about the book really quick. So you, how, how long did the book take to write? And then tell me one thing that through that process, it's really stood out for you. Yeah. So I, I decided to like quadruple down on this thing. I wrote 63,000 words in 60 days. Wow. So that's not to say the book process was done in that time, but the writing of the book was 60 days. Uh, but all in, I was probably about six months of, of hard work and strategy and getting the designer and learning how the flow works. And we had a couple little mishaps with releasing it on Amazon and stuff, which we work through now, but yeah, all in six months. Um, the one thing I learned is that all of the strategy stuff I think is relatively easy in comparison to actually putting the words on paper or on the computer mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was really about consistency. If somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, man, I want to write a book. I would just challenge you to write between 500 to a thousand words per day. Just do that. Get the other stuff worked out, the design and, and the, and the fulfillment, get that stuff worked out. But, but you've got to write 500 to 1,000 words per day. And I lean more towards 1,000 because what I noticed is when I wrote 500 words, it was like, like molasses. I was just like trying to struggle through it. But once I got to like four, five, 600 words, I was like, and I could just crank it out. So I would just say get to that 1,000 words per day and 30 days, 45, 60 days, you're going to have a fully written rough manuscript in your hand and then you know you can tweak and edit and change from there but just write you got to write every single day that's it that's it what's one thing that came out of the book writing process after you published it that kind of took you by surprise that you were like well i didn't see that coming uh it's it's just weird man like there's not a better word than that it's just weird that i see on facebook or instagram and men are holding up this book and they're like man this has changed my life or the one that i love getting is like Ryan, like I didn't really learn anything new necessarily, but you just like spoke to my heart. Like you spoke, right? Like these are things that I've been feeling and experiencing and I didn't know how to to write them down or articulate them. And that to me means that I did a good job because I got right to the issues, right to the heart of the matter. And, and, and I know a lot of the book stings a little bit. It's not, it's not me preaching to the choir or, or standing up on a pedestal. It's not anything like that. It's just simply, 
things that I've learned the hard way. And, and I shared that. And when guys send me messages and they say, man, this book spoke to me. And, and the other really surprising thing is I actually get a lot of messages from women who, who will reach out and they'll say, Hey, I just want you to know, like my husband read your book and he is a new man. Like, I don't, I don't know what you wrote in that book. I don't know what you shared, but he's a better husband or he's a better father, or I've never seen him so inspired or motivated. And to me, I'm like, dude, if, if the women in these guys' lives are recognizing this, that's, that's amazing, man. That's incredible. I'm, I'm honored. All the work we do, if just one person is impacted, then it was never done in vain. The hundreds of videos and all the time and the book, right? And the podcast, if one, one, if only one person can say, cause that one person could go on to affect millions, of you just course. don't know or impact millions. We don't know. We don't know who's going to hear something. Um, and I, your reach is so wide. And I think the mission that you're pushing is, is so and where I don't, here's where I don't want people to get caught up is this isn't a chauvinism thing around men. What this no, is, is in order for us to be better as men, cause we are men, we'll speak from our perspective is we've got to be better fathers. We've got to be better husbands. We've got to be better to ourselves and our health and our wealth and our relationships, period. And a lot of times we neglect those. What you do is provide tactical experience through podcasting, through your book and how you show up on how to do that, right? That's, we need that more than ever. I think in anything we want to be good at, you've chosen the skill set of being a man. That's what you know about. And I, I commend that, dude. Well, when a, and here's how I look at it. When a woman supports I used to say let's, but it, let's not the right word. It supports when a woman supports and honors her husband at, or, or just men, her sons, brothers, friends, colleagues, fathers, as men, the world is a better place. And the opposite is also true. When a man honors his women and supports them and uplifts them in being strong, motivated, capable women, the world is a better place. So, so men aren't better than women. Women aren't better than men. We're different. We're unique. We bring, generally speaking, our own unique element to, to the equation. Both are much needed. Um, but I know nothing about being a woman, so I've just decided to focus on being a man. <laughs> it's weird. This hormone, this hormone therapy is, you know, people, people don't know is your name used to be Wilhelmina. You started That's right. The, uh, hormones. It's pretty now crazy with his beard what, what all those therapy sessions can do, man. <laughs> this is an implant, actually. So I need one, dude. The, um, <laughs> It's what I heard from that is we're better together. And when we support each other 100%. through our activities, we do way more together than we do independently. hundred percent. I love it. Uh, well, let's finish up with this, my man. You've done 160 podcasts. Roughly. Yeah. Give or take. Uh, so you put, um, I know Tim Ferriss hasn't been on the show yet. He, we'll get him. He's, 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 I know he's got to be on your list. Tim Ferriss and Tim Kennedy are alone on an Island for a week. Who survives? Oh, Tim Kennedy. <laughs> Dude is a beast. He is nuts. Well, he's got a new show coming out called like hard to kill, I think, or something like that, where it's unscripted and they literally try to kill him. Like, have you seen this? <laughs> I, I saw that he got the pilot picked up. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's like, he doesn't even know what he's getting himself into. I saw one where the, he was trapped on a boat and they light the boat on fire and he's like, he's got to get out of the boat. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, he probably just tears a hole in the thing and swims out, but I don't know what he does, but yeah, it's, it's called hard or harder to kill something like that. I love it. So out of the 160 guests, I'm not going to ask you who your favorite is. What was, what's one guest that stands out from you as like a turning point where you knew that the podcast was kind of taking shape? Oh man, Cal, that's a good question. Uh, Jocko, obviously I've had him on a couple of times. Yep. Uh, the, the you, by the way, you got Jocko before Jocko really became, he kind of hit that circuit. 
right? I, I'm kind of a yeah, I will say like I've been pretty pretty cognizant of who's gonna who's gonna hit it. You know what I mean? Like like who's gonna hit it, and if I can get them on beforehand, that's pretty cool. Like I actually had an interview with Jordan Peterson lined up right after he did that Kathy Newman episode. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately we couldn't work it out with his book schedule and everything else, but like the timing on that was impeccable. Cause that's real. Like he had kind of exploded a little bit and then he really, just, when that Kathy Newman episode hit, do you want to explain I mean, that to people who haven't seen it or heard oh, it? Yeah. Go Google it. I mean, it's this, it's this woman who, gosh, I, I almost feel bad for her. She interviewed him. I think she's in, well, who is he? Tell people who he oh, is. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. He's a clinical psychologist out of, uh, I hope that's right out of uh, Canada. Um, and I mean, the guy is absolutely incredible and very logical about the things that he sees and the things that he believes and takes hardline stances. And I think it's pretty incredible. Some of the stuff that he's done. Unfortunately, I didn't have him on the podcast. We're still working on that. Um, that's just a matter of time. Uh, who, who, who do you want on that you haven't had on yet? Mike Rowe would be really good. I think he, I mean, he's somebody I'd really admire. Such a stud, such a stud. Such a cool, like really down to earth, really humble. just seems like a genuine person. Uh, Jordan Peterson would be on there. The Rock, you know, if you're going to swing for the fences, like really swing for it. I'd love to have him on. He, he, uh, his, his level of dedication and commitment and work ethic and his mind has just got to be pretty incredible. I'd love to have him on the show. So man, I'm swinging for the fences, you know, that's, you need to toss Will Smith in there now too. Yeah, no, that's true. That's another See good Will's one. doing on Instagram. Like his new, um, his kind of awakening and share he's, he's found that platform yeah. and understands how to use it. His Instagram stories are pretty heavy right now. They so are, man, they're cool. He's done some good stuff. He's doing some interesting things. That'd be another one. Yeah. My brother, it's honor. It's, it's been an honor. It's been an absolute privilege. I appreciate you spending some of your time with us this morning. In conclusion, where can people find you? What are the best avenues and in websites, people can go find your stuff. Yeah. So our headquarters is orderofman.com. So you can find us there. Uh, I'd also encourage you if you listen to podcasts to just type in order of man, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or Google play, wherever, wherever, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, type that in and, and listen, you know, we've done, like you said, 160 episodes. I've done another hundred or so like solo shows. So we're, we're almost at like 250 shows, which is crazy, but we've got something for every man out there for sure. And we'd love to connect with you. Love it. Anything in closing, dude, that's passionate or something you want to, a little nugget of advice you want to leave for the, the viewers today or listeners? You know, the only thing I would say is it's really easy to become what, what our mutual friend Andy Frasilla calls a, a success zombie or a learning zombie where it's like consume, 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 listen to this podcast, read this blog, read this book, and then nothing ever comes of it. And, and, and it's good. You got to research, you got to study, you got to know what you're doing to some degree. But at the end of the day, the people who thrive and succeed are the ones who take that step, that first yep. step. You don't need to solve all of life's problems. Just one step. What does that look like? Take that one step. When you get that figured out, take the next step and the next step and the next step. So I'd encourage you to walk away. However, you're listening to this conversation and and just get out. I always have a notepad handy, but just get out a notepad and say, here's two things that I'm going to do because Colby and Ryan had this conversation and then crank it out. Shoot Colby a message. Shoot me a message. Hey, I listened to your interview this is what I did. This is how it enhanced my life. Just, just get to work. Just take some action. Love it, dude. Love it. Appreciate you, my man. I will, uh, I've got some special stuff plans for this year's meltdown. I'm hoping you're going to come and I'll talk to you more about it later, it's, but uh, dude, it's on the calendar. My wife and I sat down last week. A family, a family? Yeah, I think they're going to come as well. They came last time too. So, but it, it's on the calendar. We're going to be there, man. What are the, what are the dates though? 
June 22nd, 23rd, 24th. It's going to be hot, but it's going to be awesome. Well, you know, I didn't want to plug the event. Last year you were there. I know we had some mishaps because we had the uh, building shut down because of the heat. Yeah, but that's part of the story, man. That's part of the fun. It wouldn't have been anywhere. I would have had it no other way. So Ryan is a, is a Meltdown alum. And when you can call your friends to jump on shows and you can call them to come in and like, you don't even tell them what it is. You're like, hey, man, I got this thing. Can you just show up? And they just show up and don't know what it is. It's uh, that says a lot about what it is you're doing, where people can trust you. And um, I got some special stuff planned for you this year. So I'm going to need, I need to make sure you're there. And uh, with that, my friends, as always, if you found any value in today's message between our conversation with Ryan Mickler of order of man, share tag or subscribe any which way you can you kind of grab and consume this. I know we're streaming on Facebook. This gets redistributed across lots of platforms. So with that, have an amazing Monday. Be good to yourself. Be good to other people. Call your mom. See you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's On The Go podcast with Mr. Ryan Mickler. Hope you enjoyed it. Took some nuggets of information away and wisdom. You can find more of Ryan at orderofman.com. You can find him also on Facebook. Thank you again so much for listening. Appreciate it. If you found any value in today's message or the things we talked about, as always, it means the world to us. If you would share this in your social circles, on your Facebook feed, like us, give us a comment in the old iTunes or however you heard us. And until the next time, my friends, we'll talk to you then.